What brings a community together? Shared insights? Shared conversations? Welcome to Open Door by Cox Communities, tackling the big questions on the minds of smart community business leaders. Welcome back to Open Door by Cox Communities, where we're providing information for you to consider when making decisions for your multifamily communities. Discover the latest trends and technologies that are making some multifamily business owners stand out. I'm your host, Bess Friedman, CEO of Brown Harris Stevens. On today's episode, we're looking at the future of multifamily residential and exploring what the future holds for the industry. Joining me to discuss is Executive Director of Product Development and Management at Cox Communications, Keith Davis. Hey, Keith. So tell me, what do you do at Cox Communications? Sure. Well, firstly, it's good to meet you, Bess. At Cox Communications, I'm the uh, Executive Director of Product Management and Development for our broadband products, so effectively the internet. And then part of my responsibilities are thinking about specific vertical markets. And one of those vertical markets is the multifamily dwelling market, MDUs, as well as master planned SFU communities. So you're everything related to the internet. You sounds like you have a very big job and responsibility for Cox. Well, <laughs> I'm a lot of things related to the internet, but I, you know, I, I do have a pretty cool job. And there's a lot of really cool people I work with who are far smarter than I that uh, help us to be successful. So talk to me a little bit about some of the changes that you've seen, let's just say even in the last five years, as it you know relates to the internet and how it impacts multifamily living. Sure. So the last five years have been really, really dynamic in this space, not just for multifamily, but writ large, really. So if you think about going back to, say, the, the late teens, you know, 2016, 17, Internet at that point was uh, broadband adoption was, was pretty high. I mean, virtually everybody had Internet. The speeds that people were getting were typically measured in the tens. So 50 meg speeds, 100 meg speeds was really high. In some rare cases, customers had as much as 300 meg speed. And that was sufficient. But, you know, if you look at what's happened over the last five years, the notion of gigabit internet, right? Thousand meg speeds to the home, that's become commonplace. And now, you know, just in those intervening five years, 100% of Cox's footprint, the company I work for, can get gigabit speeds uh, really anywhere you are. So that's been a, a phenomenal sea change in, in connectivity. And it impacts all household types, including MDU. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I'm sure you remember being in... Was I in college, law school? When I was in law school, and you would take, like, you'd be like, okay, I'm getting on the internet. And you'd see it'd be like dialing in, you know, mm-hmm. and it would take a little bit. And we looked, we had patience and it took time. And now what's concerning is that everybody's expectation is so high, and younger generations who didn't live through any of that don't understand that this is a, was a long time coming and they want it immediately. Like, if your Wi Fi goes out or you have a problem, People are like so annoyed, like they expect it to like work perfectly right away with no delays. I'm sure you've seen lots of interesting changes. 
well, look, I have teenage daughters, you know, so I, I definitely hear that from them, you know, <laughs> what's going on with the Wi-Fi all the time, unfortunately. But yeah, it, it is crazy. There is an expectation that it works 100% of the time, all the time. So similar to, you know, turning on your lights or your water, um, people just expect it to be there. The challenge, I think, is that we don't always realize that it's not just one. There's multiple pieces to this puzzle, right? Mm. There's certainly an internet provider, but we talked about Wi-Fi. There's servers on the other end, wherever that content is you're trying to connect to. And there's multiple points of failure right along the way. So we just aim to do the best we possibly can with uh, managing you know, our service, our network, and um, trying to be as transparent as we can with customers when they do have an issue. If the issue is ours, and sometimes it is, you know, we explain and let them know, you know, how far away, you know, a resolution is. But we can also let them know that, you know, actually the issue is with this particular domain, this website, this portal that you're trying to use. So we try to give them the tools where they can see these things as well. As long as we have somebody to blame, we feel better. So as long as we can point the finger or beat somebody up along the way, you know, I get the same thing. I have a teenage son who, when the, something doesn't work, he's like, this is glitchy. I can't get on the Wi-Fi." And it's literally like, it's the end of the world. And it's, I'm like, oh, these guys have not been through tough times. They have no idea how lucky they are. Yeah. They, they never heard the screeching of uh, AOL <laughs> trying to load up, right? The, uh, right. The, the little, yeah, when you were dialing right. in. That we're showing our age now, Keith, which is okay because, you know, we've, we've been challenged before, so it's okay. We made it through. We made it through. So, okay, so everybody is talking about this 5G thing. You know, I know it means fifth generation. Mm-hmm. I know that much. And I read something about that I think by 2025, there'll be 2 billion people using 5G. Break it down for us, but put it in like simple, simple terms for people who are not savvy. What sure. is it? What does it mean? Well, so first, I'm a simple, simple man, so that'll be pretty easy. (laughs) So 5G, as you pointed out, is a fifth-generation wireless service. Before 5G, we had a service called LTE, Mm. and before that, it was 3G. So the real net difference between these different evolutions of service are the capacity of the wavelength and how much bandwidth you can deliver, right? So if LTE, if 4G was good, 5G is better. You might get a faster download. The resolution, if you're using a mobile phone, might be a little bit sharper. So that's, you know, in real layperson's terms, that's the difference. But when we're talking about 5G, we're talking about mobile, right? We're talking about wireless services. While that's great, they don't really compete, not effectively, with wired services. And that's a function of tonnage. You know, there's limited capacity in radio signal in in those wavelengths. But when you're delivering fiber optic internet, such as ourselves... I think customers are generally better served. I know households are when they're on a a wired connection. You know, we see that in our customer surveys and, you know, all of our customer uh, interactions. So talk to us a little bit about how you see 5G playing into multifamily living. Yeah. So I think it's a complementary service, right? You know, you, you cited a stat earlier around 2 billion people in 25 will be using 5G. Probably accurate. I think maybe a more accurate way to put that is 5G networks will reach 2 billion people. Will 2 billion people have 5G-capable devices in their hands? I don't know. We'll see. Certainly, it's going to be many, so let's agree on that. When you buy a new cell phone in the years ahead, more than likely, it's going to have 5G capability, right? And that's going to, that's going to work great when you're around town. 
you'll notice that very often your mobile services come with you know limits to how much you can consume, and those those limits are frankly kind of narrow compared to you know what's offered with a wired service. So that's why I say they're complementary. Um, when you're when you're in your home and, and you're you know watching TV or streaming whatever whatever you're doing, and multiple people are doing the same thing, you generally want to be doing that from a, a broadband fiber connection, right? So uh, I think 5G has value, and in some cases, for some consumers, might be all they need, right? Mm. But I think for you know typical household, my household of four users and heavy duty users, you know, streaming constantly. If you have teenagers, it's you know, yeah, you probably also remember that television people used to watch TV, and and I still do that, but. Kids today, at least my teenagers, don't use the television. They use their computers to watch everything. It's a different mindset. It's a total yeah. shift. Yeah, I'm the same way. I use my tablet. It says, you know, actually, yeah. to do so many <laughs> things, right? So the, the notion of wireless in the home is, is really the critical linchpin. And it's really about the quality of that Wi-Fi signal that you're creating for them. And that, that's where the satisfaction is derived, whether it's good or bad. So that it's directly correlated to how high quality that signal is. Do you think we're going to continue to see changes for multifamily? What I do see changing is some new technologies. So for example, IoT technologies, you know, over the top things such as automation, security services, energy control management, things of that nature, those are really becoming pretty commonplace in the uh, MDU environment. And it's a great benefit to the resident. But it's also a great benefit to the operator in that they now have greater control over their properties. They can manage energy more efficiently. They can monitor security, you know, leaks and accidents and things of that so, of that nature. So I think that's where the shift is coming now. It's, it's sort of these bolt-on services, if you will, that create value for both parties. How did trends in movement affect amenity expectations for residents? So I think what you find now, and all of our research bears this out, Parks and Associates does a lot of research in this area as well, that people are looking at amenities and technology as kind of a top two to three sort of reason for making a a rent choice, a decision. They're looking for amenities like, as I mentioned, some of those automation amenities I talked about earlier. Security is always important. And then the, the more typical, and frankly, they're hard to compete on because everybody's got a fancy pool and a tennis court these days. Increasingly, it is technology. What kind of internet is offered? Do we have you know fiber to the property? Do we have gigabit service available to, to every unit? You know those sort of things are making a difference, and our operators are telling us that the companies that we serve and they're clamoring for more and more of those kind of technologies to put into their uh, their properties and ultimately into their offer. So, what Keith do you think is one simple thing you'd say that multifamily owners can do today to benefit themselves and their residents? So I think there's lots of things. The one that pops into my mind, and I've touched on it a couple of times, are the IoT automation services. So things like energy controls, smart thermostats, smart lighting, smart locks, being able to walk to your door lock and you have your, your iPhone with a, a certain kind of communication technology and it's called near field communication. And it senses that that's my, my home and the door opens for me and I can pop myself in. Or I can, um, I'm away from home and I can send somebody a one-time passcode so they can drop something off for me in my home. These are the kind of things that are like really cool to people when they hear about them. But for the lay person, it's like, 
oh, you know, that's going to be tough to figure out. I don't know how to install that. I don't know how to set all that stuff up, et cetera. So when your community says that's part of our offer, it's done. You know, the day you move in, we give you a magic code and all of those things work like magic. That's kind of like, wow, you know, I want to live there. So those are the sort of services that operators are clamoring for. And what's really cool is that some of those very same services, in addition to attracting new residents to your community, they actually help you to become more profitable because they reduce expense. So when that unit is not rented and it's empty, having the ability to ensure that all the lights are off and that the painter locked the door and didn't keep the air conditioning off when he left, you know, I can control all that now. Or think about when a resident moves out, you know, I've got college daughters and they're in apartments. And I want to know that when they move into an apartment, that the last guy that was in that apartment doesn't have the key to, you know, open that door any longer, right? Yeah, that's a good point. So with our smart lock technology, that lock gets rekeyed automatically as soon as the lease expires. It's electronically rekeyed. It's kind of magical, right? Wow. And you don't have to run a technician or a locksmith up to the door to do that work. So you save hours of labor right there. And it's accomplished with just, it's actually accomplished automatically. You're talking about for new, these are new buildings, not like pre-war buildings. For example, I have a daughter who's in college in Boston and mm-hmm. she's moving into, it's funny you say that, where I um, was just negotiating her lease and you know, it's an older building. And so it's like, oh, it's, it's not, it doesn't have anything fancy schmancy like that, where you, that you're talking about newer buildings, right? No, it doesn't have to be. So take her old, you know, maybe it's uh, I have this vision of what it's like, right? <laughs> Brownstone walk up, you know, super yes. cool and funky. Well, that's awesome. We have services. We have, you can buy services. You can buy a product, a lock. Level Home is, is actually the manufacturer, Level Lock. They sell a product. It's called Level Bolt. Yeah. So you take a part for deadbolt, you put this part in, and it becomes the locking mechanism. It also has a radio inside of it, and it's controlled over the air. It's got a battery inside of it. You put the lock back together, and now that is a smart lock. She walks up to it, it unlocks. She can send somebody a code, they can get in. It's magic, the stuff that's out there. Wow, that's very, I mean, that's so cool. I'll have to look into that. And so, yeah, it absolutely works in pre-war buildings, what we refer to as brownfield existing construction. That's the cool thing about IoT. All of these services can be made to work over wireless connection that we provide. You mentioned something about <laughs> the door opening for you. I'm a little like, you know, it's it, to me, if, you, if you're not opening your own door, not that there's anything wrong with having the luxury of pressing a button, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's... I mean, God, we're, it, that seems a little lazy, but I get it. It's a luxury. Well, think about you've got your two grocery sacks, right? You just went down to the market and, you know, do you want to fumble into your pocket to find the key? Now the door opens, you know, you don't have to pull out a key. You can just kind of open it. It's like your car. You walk up to your car and I assume you have a key fob. Well, you live in New York. You might not no, have a No, I do have a car. Okay. I have a car and I have a key fob. But, you know, maybe it's just like on my mindset. I think the a little bit of challenge and struggle and juggling builds character in human beings. And it's like this. It's, everything is just too easy. Even, you know, now today you just click on a button. Everything is too easy is my point, Keith. You know, it's just too easy. That's, I don't know, maybe... I, 
Maybe it's just my mindset. You're right. These are all good things, I guess. These are make things more accessible. And you know what, Keith? The world is not slowing down anytime soon. No. So let's, before we close out, tell me, like, what advice would you give to people, you know, moving forward just after we talked about all this stuff from 5G, multifamily, all these sort of luxuries? I know we're not going to stop. We're only going to keep growing and going. Uh, what do you think for the future? What advice would you give them? Yeah, I'd, I'd say embrace the technology, embrace the change. I'd say look to your kids for the, the newest trends, right? <laughs> I so, do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm now a big TikTok fan in the last couple of months. I'm embarrassed to admit it, but you're not allowed to go on there, though. My my daughter was like, "Mom, if I see you on there, you'll I'm done. Like, I won't be talking to you. Like, yeah. you're not allowed to do your own. You're allowed to look at them. You mean? Oh no, definitely not. Definitely, we're not allowed <laughs> to do that. I'm not even allowed to comment on their TikToks, by the way, but. No, I, I think embrace it. Yeah. Not everything that the market puts out there is going to hit the mainstream, right? But if you just leave yourself open, you will find those technologies, those innovations that really change your life for the better, whatever they may be. So just be open to it. Open to the change, I think, is the, the key piece of advice at all. I think that's such a uh, really wise advice because not everything fits for everybody. No. And so you need to just figure out what your needs are and what you want. And you guys, with technology, you can customize it, curate it to what you want. Exactly right. You're a smart guy, Keith. You know a lot of stuff. I might call you if my if I might I lose Wi-Fi, I might be calling you from now on. I hope you don't mind. Oh, uh, best. I'd look forward to that. Well, by the way, Keith, where, are, where does this find you? Where are you geographically? So I'm with Cox Communications in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, so you're in Atlanta. Yeah. Born and bred in New York, though, just so you know. So wait, you're wait a minute. You're a New Yorker? Uh, not city, but New Rochelle. Okay. That's still that's great. We showing up for New York City though. Anyway. There you go. Representing. Thank you. Represent. Well, Keith, it was great talking to you. I hope you enjoy your family this weekend and uh take care of yourself. Thanks, Bess. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Keith Davis for being on the show today and walking us through some of the exciting new technologies and trends around the corner in multifamily. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate and review. Thanks again for listening. I'm Bess Friedman, and this has been Open Door, brought to you by Cox Communities. Cox Communities.